0: Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Connell. Danny Connell, back to throw for down, second, and he's his tight end. And Raja Bell.
1: Bell has got big rings, 22
2: to It's Saw the future of football right before
0: your eyes. Just yell it out, man, he can't guard me.
2: What's going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. My guy Raja is out today. He's on vacation. I'll be out tomorrow. So we will be back on Monday, July 2nd. We'll have our whole, uh, NBA free agency offseason primer today. We're going to get you up to date on all that. The NBA awards were last night and, uh, we're going to get some other stuff too. We have, uh, Roger Gonzalez, uh, is going to get us caught up in World Cup, which I've been watching a ton of. And uh, we're gonna get hand on Debo involved with a little move the needle and uh, some picks and props. The uh, the standings might be under um, might be under protest so far early because my man Debo is is trying to trying to steal some wins on me I think so we'll have to dig into that deep too. Before we get to the NBA offseason uh stuff, I gotta get something off my chest because the World Cup is all everybody's watching right now, right? So it's it's the it's the king of all sports right now. It has taken the world by storm. It's the world sport. It's every four years. So me being a sports fan, I'm trying to get into it, right? And I find myself in this position every four years where I like to, you know, try to, try to get into it, try to find out. Now, full disclosure, going into the World Cup, I can name you three soccer players. I could name you Messi, Ronaldo, and Neymar. And that's it. And then I knew that the German coach liked to scratch his junk and smell it. Like that's my extent of my soccer knowledge is right there. So that's, so that's like my full disclosure. But what bothers me, and this is what drives me insane with soccer is their fans. And their fans are so sensitive that they can't take any criticism of their sport. So, for instance, I'll I'll let you be the judge. So I sent a question, and this is my tweet. So I said, serious question. Are soccer players taught to stay down at the slightest touch so their teammates can catch a quick break? Or are they the softest athletes known to mankind? I think that's a totally legit question because yesterday I was watching one of the games – 34 seconds in, you had a little bit of a collision, guys bumped each other, they go down, all of a sudden guys scratching for blood, is there blood, there was no blood. Uh, they come out, they do concussion protocol, no concussion. He gets up, they walk off. And it's fine. The guy just keeps playing. It happens, the same exact thing happens three minutes later. So I'm watching all of this happen during the World Cup, and it happens every single game. So I was wondering, I get a lot of different responses, thousands of comments, and most of them are from soccer, nerds like soccer dorks who are hardcore who play FIFA all the time and get their teams lined up and they wake up and they watch EPL Sunday mornings and they are ticked off at me for questioning their sport and for calling their players soft and I didn't even call them soft I just had a very serious question because I thought maybe in a sport where they're running around which you know it is hard it's 90 minutes of constant running if that was part of the scheme because You see players go down, they can all get basically a timeout since they don't do timeouts in soccer. In football, you see it happen all the time. A quarterback gets hurt, he might be able to walk off the field and the team will say, nope, stay down, stay down, let the backup quarterback get reps, let him get warmed up, you know, let him get used to the center quarterback exchange. So it's not uncommon in any other sports to see that happen where you kind of delay the game to have something else go on. So I thought it was a legitimate question. But no, I get eviscerated, not quite ratioed because I think I was still okay on the ratio uh, proportion of this, but I had dudes coming at me left and right calling me soft uh, most of the most of the comments had to you know so they're, they're a bunch of people had memes of guys going down, football players and they accuse every other sport of doing it. Listen in America, what we do we complain about our sports all right that's what we do. We try to fix baseball. David Sampson was in here yesterday. We fix baseball. We were trying to do it because there are, there are flaws in it. Uh, the NBA, flopping is a serious issue, and they deal with it. Football, they change rules every single year to try to make it a better product. It's okay if we criticize your sport. It doesn't mean we hate it. It doesn't mean that it's not you know fun to watch. It doesn't mean anything. It's just what we do as Americans. We like to try to make things better. And for people to try to get soccer popular in the U.S., You know what? Maybe you could have an interaction. Say, you know what? Yeah, we could use a little less flopping. Maybe we could get out of our game. Yes, it makes them look soft. Let's move on to a point where it's okay to criticize your sport. All right, enough soccer rant for me. NBA. Last night was the NBA Awards. There was nothing on TV last night. Like, nothing. Maybe the Bachelorette, which Hannah can give us a... I think that was on last night, but that shows you how much I'm into it. But the NBA Awards were on last night. Uh, No surprise. James Harden won the NBA, uh, NBA MVP vote. I don't think anybody thought it was going to go any other way. Uh, he had 86 first-place votes. LeBron had 15, so it wasn't really close with uh, LeBron there. Even though I think LeBron could win the NBA MVP every single year, but voters have LeBron fatigue. He's already won it. He's already widely recognized as the best player in the world, so they kind of make it a, a yearly award. But I would make the case that LeBron, having his best statistical season that he's ever had in his career, Probably deserved it more, and if you watch the postseason, you obviously would say, "All right, LeBron carried his team to the finals yet again, which might have been his most significant significant accomplishment of his career, including winning titles with Miami and Cleveland, because that was with that roster, it was pretty impressive what he did." So the speculation of you know the conversation comes out says, "Well, all right, should the NBA award be?" The entirety of the NBA season or should it be as it is now? So we adjust it. Speaking of, we just said if we're going to complain, we do that as Americans. Let's complain about this, uh, because it's what we do. So I, I don't think they should because what would happen and this happened, this always comes up with the Heisman trophy because the Heisman trophy is uh, voted on before the bowl games, before the playoffs. Um, and you don't want it to be a postseason award. So I almost feel like. And they, hey, we can learn something from soccer here. Why don't we do something like the Golden Boot Award where we have a MVP of the playoffs? They do it with the finals, but maybe do something for the entirety of the entire playoffs. Uh, because I don't think, I do think voters have a recency bias. And I think you could have instances. I don't think this year would have been a good example. But I think you could have an example when LeBron or somebody else, another player has an okay... You know, a good regular season, but then goes off, gets hot in the playoffs. And then because they go off in the playoffs, because they would win a title or whatever the circumstance would be, that the voters would say, oh, that guy's great. He had an MVP-type season when it really was only the postseason. So I think I don't think they should adjust the voting just for the MVP uh, awards, but maybe add an award. We're always looking to add awards. We have award shows for everything. So maybe that's what they should do. Uh Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year after being fired. Uh, which is pretty comical in itself uh, because, you know, he had a fantastic season, number one seed in the East, and yet gets the boot. But if you watched him get swept in the playoffs, uh, you wouldn't be surprised at all. And uh, Dwayne Casey actually has been handling it pretty well. I'll say this, the Toronto Raptors, who made that decision, and it, it did feel like they were going to fire him because they had to do something after the ugly exit from the playoffs, that they just made a move to fire him, just to do something they better hope they made a better hire. Because that's what you have to ensure if you're going to make that decision to move on from Dwayne Casey, who has done a pretty good job. Now, he hasn't done a good job in the postseason, but they've consistently been good the last three seasons, uh, including 59 wins this season. You've got to make sure that the next hire is going to be better than what you had. And I don't know if Nick Nurse is that guy. He was their assistant. So is are you getting more of the same? Are you getting an extension of Dwayne Casey? Is he going to be able to motivate the players better than Dwayne Casey did? Because there was a lot of speculation about Jerry Stackhouse potentially moving up through the ranks of the Raptors. Mike Budenholzer potentially getting him. He chose Milwaukee instead. And instead, they it felt like they had to settle. And that makes me nervous for the Raptors moving forward. It should make you really nervous if you're in the front office Because if you don't make a better decision, you're going to find your butt fired as well. So it'll be really interesting to watch how this Raptors team evolves. There was a similar situation that played out with the Warriors before they hired Steve Kerr. Because they had Mark Jackson was doing a pretty good job. They had some pretty good you know, playoff-type teams. But they couldn't get over that hump. Obviously, they bring in Steve Kerr, and the rest is history. He takes them to that next level. I don't know if Nick Nurse is that type of guy with that type of cachet that's going to take this team to the next level but we'll have to let it see. And if you say, hey, they got Kevin Durant too, no, nope, they won the one, the first championship without him when Steve Kerr took over. So that was a big move for them. Other awards throughout the night last night, uh, Ben Simmons won, uh, won Rookie of the Year after a lot of speculation. <clears throat> Would it potentially go to Donovan Mitchell because Ben Simmons, quote, was he a rookie? I actually bought one of the rookie shirts. <clears throat> that you know says rookie question mark was he really a rookie yeah you're a rookie if you don't if you if you didn't play your rookie year and this is your first full season of playing basketball i do love the fact that donovan mitchell rolled up in the rookie van brought to you by adidas which was a great brand placement there from uh from adidas um and it's really fascinating this is a really good rookie class that you had come out my pick on here and debo will have to confirm this was jason tatum of the boston celtics I thought you could make a really strong case, but I also think you could have been a little bit swayed by the playoffs, much like we talked about with the um, the regular season MVP vote uh, because Jason Tatum came out so strong. I thought there was a better case, and there was a lot more conversation about Donovan Mitchell versus Ben Simmons, but Jason Tatum went off as well. But talk about three players that really came in and made impacts in their rookie year, which you don't see a lot on good teams that made the playoffs. Like it's it's a pretty spectacular class considering uh, how much success they had. So it'll be fun to watch these guys go at it. And I love the smack talk. I love the fact they're going back and forth. And um, I think one of the Celtics, Debo, who was who was it that said that Tatum. And Ben Simmons should just play one-on-one for it. Like, just have him play one-on-one. Because that, that actually is something the NBA should just throw in the All-Star weekend. Like, have the rookie one-on-one. That's, a,
0: that's a lot of ego involved. So, yes. I don't know if players would want to agree with that. But I, I think you contradict what you said with the MVP. Because Jason Tatum, although he did perform in the playoffs, those regular season numbers don't compare. Uh, who do you see as 10 years from now, 5 years from now, being the most complete player on a, on a championship-level team?
2: So I think Simmons probably will be down the road. It depends on what you're looking for because it's kind of like the MJ versus LeBron debate and why it's so hard to have a consistent debate about it is because they're different style of players. Like Ben Simmons is more like LeBron. He's a facilitator. He's a triple-double machine. And then you've got a couple scorers in Mitchell and Tatum. So it depends on what's your fancy, right? Like what do you like? What do you like to watch play? I would probably go with Ben Simmons or, or Tatum. I think Mitchell's going to struggle with the franchise he's in. Like, I don't, I don't see them as being a, a top-tier team. And I think the Sixers and the Celtics are on the rise. What will be interesting, though, is if in this offseason, if LeBron goes to the Sixers, how drastically that could change Ben Simmons' future. And if Tatum gets moved, how drastically that could change his uh, future as well. Because there's a lot of speculation about potential movement from some of these guys uh, early on in the free agency season. So speaking of free agency... We are off the show uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We get back on Monday the 2nd. July 1st is officially the first day of free agency when you can actually have some of these movements take place. They can't officially sign until a little bit later, but we'll know when we get back on air uh, July 2nd what is going to take place. So Some of the top free agents that you've got out there, obviously it's the summer of LeBron. He's the top one. Kevin Durant is not getting talked about because everybody and their brother should assume and uh, pretty much knows he's going to go back to Golden State. Why would you leave the situation he's in? Paul George, obviously a key player in this one. L.A. is after him. Um, You know, Could he team up with LeBron? LeBron, I'm sure, is trying to recruit him back to uh, Cleveland. If he doesn't go to L.A. or if they both don't go to L.A. to go play for the Lakers, Chris Paul. Chris Paul is another one who's out there as a free agent. He wants a five-year deal, which we've talked about on here as well with Raja, uh, which is a ton of money for him to look at. So... I think when you look at the pieces of this, like how the dominoes have to fall, I think it'll be fascinating to watch it unfold because LeBron has the biggest influence in the the entire NBA. Like that's stating the the obvious. But I also think like it's going to be sort of one of those who blinks first. Because if Paul George or Chris Paul or you know any of these guys down the road, if they start getting antsy, like hey, I want to know what I'm doing. I can't wait around for LeBron because LeBron is been a little bit more patient with his decision. July 8th and July 11th were the last two times when he went to Miami in the decision. Then when he started to leave Miami, to go back to Cleveland, it was a little bit later in the game where I'm sure a lot of these guys want to be locked up sooner than that. So I'll be fascinated to watch how this plays out. Like, where does this go and who, what, what, what pieces fall first? The Lakers are still the heavy favorite, which I think I wouldn't, obviously wouldn't touch these odds. If you're two to five for the Lakers, the Sixers in second place. I think the, probably the value play is going with Cleveland, that he stays in Cleveland at 17-4, to 4, although that's not great value in itself. Uh, the Knicks are in play. I didn't know the Knicks were in play that much, but it's kind of how it goes. Spurs are at 9-1, to 1, and I actually saw some heat movement where they were up there around 15 or 20-1 to 1, uh, because he had uh, posted a picture on Instagram. This is way too volatile of a situation to assume anything. It's just you hear stuff about, oh, his kids are going to be in school in L.A., um, he has two houses in LA. He's going to be, he wants to go to be an actor. He wants to get involved in Hollywood, all of which may be true. But in the bigger scheme of things, I don't think they matter at all. And I think LeBron is, I really think he's a smart individual. He's a smart business savvy NBA player. Nobody's moved the needle like he has. Nobody's had as much power and wielded it, uh, as he has. So I think he's going to talk to his guys. He's going to talk to Rich Paul. He's going to talk to Maverick Carter. He's going to talk to his crew and say, all right, what do I need to do? And he's calling all of these guys. He's calling Chris Paul. He's calling Paul George. Because when you when LeBron calls, you pick up the phone. He's not going to get spurned from those guys. So he's going to gather as much information as he wants and as he can gather and make the decision from there. So it's going to be interesting to watch. So Paul George is the second most popular, uh, most talked about free agent that's out there. And he's going to have a free agency special that is going to be a three part sports center special, uh, where it's going to be called Paul George My Journey. And basically, he's going to let cameras in. He's going to say, hey, you can hear the pitches. You can hear the conversations that surround this. I'm going to watch this to see if LeBron calls. Like, are they going to catch a conversation with LeBron and him on the phone? Like, hey, what's up? Like, how's it going? What are you thinking? Like, that would be such compelling television. And that will make it a success or not. Because if they don't get that type of insider info, I think it's going to be fluff. And it's going to be like, all right, what are we watching for? But one thing that kind of came out from Sports Illustrated was a, a transcript of a voiceover of the Lakers free agency pitch uh, to Paul George. And this is pretty cool because, and well, or or kind of corny and cheesy. I don't know why I said cool because it's kind of cheesy. So it sounded like this, and I feel like you need Morgan Freeman to read this in his voice because he's the most dramatic uh, guy out there. So it starts off, when you were just a kid, in your room, dreaming of Palmdale, we were dreaming too. While you dreamt, we built, built for your arrival. And while we dreamt, you built too, becoming one of the world's greatest. Life's most powerful dreams are the ones we realize ourselves, the ones that turn us into legends. That kid from Palmdale always knew it. Now, the world will too. That doesn't move. If that doesn't make you move to the Lakers, I don't know what will. Not that, but the fact that I just read it like that, like that should move you enough, Paul George, to go there. Um, <laughs> I don't know how bad that was. That's why. I, that's why I never went into acting. I actually did audition audition for a couple TV shows that I had missed out on. I did get a callback though, but uh obviously that wasn't a, wasn't my career uh, calling right there. Katie going to the Warriors. Kawhi's situation is very interesting because the injury deal, because of relationship with Greg Popovich, because the Spurs are saying, Yeah, you want to go to LA, you want to go to the Lakers, but we're not going to let you do that because you're going to we're going to have to go through you to get to the playoffs, uh, to get through the playoffs, to get to the finals. I think it's all negotiating publicly. Them calling them out saying, you know what? If you if you're the Lakers and you want Paul uh uh, if you want Kawhi Leonard, you're going to have to give an arm and a leg. You're going to have to give us some really good pieces. And that's why I think most of this about. I don't think it's seriously Hey, we're not going to let them go there. It's the Lakers. If you want them, you got to come get them. But the Celtics and Sixers from the Eastern Conference, the favorites right now in the clubhouse uh from from Vegas, when you look at it from that standpoint. So it's going to be interesting to watch how that plays out. All right, let's move on. Let's keep it rolling because this is a long A block for us. You
0: have to see it.
2: Let's get to you have to see it. Let's do something fun. Uh So there's an attorney and Lakers season ticket holder, Jacob Emrani, Jacob and he paid for over 40 billboards recruiting Paul George to LA six different signs all have hashtag PG to LA on them and he put them up on uh, four billboards recruiting LeBron in March how'd that work out we don't know yet if this pays off like this guy's a hero everybody will recognize him courtside at the Lakers game if it doesn't man what a colossal waste of money but you know I think some of these guys you stroke their uh stroke their ego a little bit and uh maybe it works out for them what
0: was the website Debo you can act. what is it Calljacob.com is prominently
2: oh, featured, so it's so a little a, bit of he's
0: self-advertising yeah, so there, oh,
2: too. Yeah, I, I buried the lead on that one. So this is like the Call 411 pain guy? Like, yeah, he's probably... Hey, for yeah, he's 40 probably,
0: billboards, you expect to get yeah, a little bit.
2: In yeah, doing. so he's he's obviously going to get a little bit of return on that one. You have to hear it. Uh, all right, let's go to some have to hear it, because this was pretty crazy last night as uh, Victor Oladipo was checking out his vocals. Like, he put his vocals on display. We've heard rappers, but why not some vocals at the NBA Awards from Victor Oladipo? <laughs>
1: It took four years, three months, two weeks, and a Sunday for you to love me Monday. All it took
2: was one day. Sign him up, man. He needs to get some background vocals on some of these NBA rappers. Like, he's the guy that's doing something original, and actually showcase some, some skill, not just some weak, weak raps that are going out there. So somebody needs to get Victor Oladipo on some, uh, some background vocals. Read
0: and react.
2: Let's do some headlines from CBS Hannah's going to give us some stuff and I'm going to react to them. What do you got, Hannah?
3: All right. First one. Julian Edelman has a plan to get suspension overturned. So Danny, read and react to that one.
2: This is ridiculous. This is just Julian Edelman trying to save face. Why did he apologize when it came out? Like, he came out two days after the suspension was real. He said he was sorry to the Patriots Nation, didn't know what he put in his body, he profusely apologized. If you didn't do anything, you never apologize. You go hardcore denial. This one reeks of attorneys getting involved, finding a loophole. It seems really familiar to the Ryan Braun case, what he got out of it with the Major League Baseball when uh, he tried to accuse the, the same thing. This one is ugly, and I hope, I hope it doesn't go to court and do the same thing that DeflateGate does, and Brits pretty much uh, clogs up the entire NFL offseason with a, another court case involving the Patriots and Roger Goodell.
3: I know. I was just going to say, how long do you really see this this process oh,
2: going? I hope, I hope it's handled like today. Like the NFL says, yep, we heard it. Nope, it's not happening. And I hope Julian Edelman realizes, says, all right, um, you know, just mercy, let's do it four games and move on.
3: All right, next headline from CBSSports.com. It says, Packers wide receiver Cobb has mysterious ankle injury.
2: Uh, he was playing hoops. That's got to be it. Like, that happens all the time. Uh, seriously, like, guys have lives outside of football when they're training. A lot of them like to do other activities. Uh, I don't think it happened on the golf course. we got a pretty cool picture of him on the golf course. Maybe it did. It gets kind of rocky out there, especially if you're playing courses like the one in our picture where it's absolutely absolutely gorgeous on the beach. Maybe he lost his ball down the so side. So he's not telling us? No, he's not going to tell anybody because he's got millions of dollars at stake. Because if the Packers found out it was something that he wasn't supposed to be doing, because there are a lot of clauses in your contract, they actually could hold some money from him. Uh, ultimately, I think he was just trying to keep it quiet.
3: What if this is just like a PR move? Like, what if it was something bad?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, like, yeah, right? if he's out for the season or he has ankle injury, that's your worst case scenario if you're a Packers fan. And Aaron Rodgers, too, because they don't have many weapons beside him.
3: I can't help but think it's gotta be something bad if he's not telling us. Right? right? Because yeah. if it's something like, oh, I tripped over my dog, like <laughs> right? Joe Fourier yeah. said a couple years ago, then we would all know.
2: Exactly. Hopefully, all right. hopefully he'll be fine though.
3: Another headline from cbsports.com. It says, Tiger's signed number one pick, Casey Mize, to record bonus.
2: Boom. Uh, he got seven and a half million dollar, seven and a half million dollar signing bonus. That's bumped up from the record that was set by Garrett Cole, an all time high of eight million in 2011. Um, it's, Crazy the money the baseball players are getting now. I think it's fascinating, too, because these guys that actually go to college, the college system is actually working really well where they actually will not have to spend as much time in the minor leagues. So it'll be fun to watch Casey Mize as he rises and hopefully pitches sometime soon in the bigs.
3: So those headlines are from CBSSports.com, which you should be reading, but you should also be watching CBS Sports HQ, which can be seen on Roku, right, Danny?
2: Yes, it is. And if you're a true sports fan, then you've got to get a Roku streaming player. It's a device you plug into your TV to unlock thousands of live streaming and on-demand channels, including the free CBS Sports app. It's awesome if you have subscriptions to any of the professional sports league apps. They're all available on the Roku platform, so you can stream it right to your TV. Even if you don't have premium subscriptions... Roku is an amazing way to catch your favorite local teams live with apps through many cable providers. Plus, of course, Roku has access to all the movies and TV shows you could want with more than 500,000 available across free and paid channels. So check them out. Roku streaming players start at just $29.99 for the basic player, or you can spring for the higher-end players which stream in 4K with HDR. With Father's Day just passed, like there are a lot of dads out there saying, where was my gift? You can get one from Roku. Get them one of those. They make an awesome gift. Uh, birthdays, whatever it is, get them a Roku. You can visit Roku.com. That's R-O-K-U.com to learn more and start streaming today. What do we got for move the needle? Because I need something. It's, it's kind of like I'm by myself. I need something that moves <laughs> the needle, Hannah. What do you got?
0: Move the needle.
3: I got you. I know you always say that we need like a sound or video for this segment. <laughs> yes. and I completely agree. Yes. All right. So so first move the needle. Players chirping back at fans. Now this happened when Phillies Hoskins, he didn't run immediately after dropped the third strike here. And as he's coming back to the dugout, fans were chirping. Do we have sound of this?
2: Said something in the stands that obviously triggered me. I was pretty frustrated at the at bat that I just had, um, and compounded the mistake, got caught up in the moment, and um, shouldn't happen. Can't happen, um, but it did, and and that's how it goes. I love okay,
3: it. Let's he's just a- say, generally speaking, yeah, he's players chirping being- back at fans. Does that? I love it. Handle?
2: I love it because I know my boy Rajah would be all over it. Like, yeah, get in those fans. Like he would be all about it. There is no worse thing you have to do in sports than run to first after you strike out. Like, normally, (laughs) like, if they drop the third strike and you have to run, like, it's the most humiliating thing you already struck out, which is, you know, awful in baseball. And then you have to run to first, and you know you're probably not going to beat it out. It's just like a formality. Like, I understand if a player gets frustrated and doesn't run it out. And good for him for talking, you know, chirping back, clapping back to the fans. Like, yeah, so you go hit. Don't apologize, though. That's the worst part he did was apologizing for it.
3: No, I think you should apologize. I was going to say, I forgot, no. I forgot the main part. He said he put his helmet on, and then he apparently told the fans to go hit. <laughs>
2: yeah, go hit. You do it.
3: I feel like you should apologize <laughs> for that. I don't yeah. know. I guess you're right.
2: That one moved the needle. I like it.
3: All right. So uh, Nikola Jokic to ink Max Deal. Does this move the needle for you?
2: Not a whole lot, uh, when you think about superstar players, but man, $146 million would move the needle for him, that's for sure. He's only 23 years old. The Nuggets, this kind of team on the, on the rise, they just missed out of the playoffs last season. He's entering his fourth year, he's averaging 18 a game last season. Good for him. Man, he could buy a lot of needles with that type of money.
3: Yeah, absolutely, good for him. Uh, the last one. I hope this moves the needle for you because it definitely doesn't for me. <laughs> Quicken Loans National Tournament.
2: <laughs> it's not the U.S. Open, okay? We'll all we'll all agree to that. Mm-hmm. But Tiger Woods is playing. It's at the T- uh, TPC Potomac. Uh, it's his tournament. This means uh, you're in it. I'm in it. I'm all down with it. Now there aren't some guys. Sorry, got Justin Thomas was actually on vacation in France. I noticed that. Ricky Fowler and Justin Rose are kind of the biggest names that are out there, but. As golf has proven over time, if Tiger is playing, it's noteworthy. And I think mm-hmm. he's going to get a regular season tour win. I'm not predicting it happens this time, but I think it will happen, and that will be great for golf. So anytime he's in there, it moves the needle for me for sure.
3: All I right. know. That means that people are watching, and I'm definitely not. But <laughs> good for you. Good. for you. All right.
2: Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for encouraging <laughs> me to watch that. All right. So let's do some picks and props where there are some uh, – there's some debate whether these standings are real. Uh, that, a Debo has concocted here. Alright, we straighten them out. Picks
0: and props. Okay. They are very out. real. Cause it, cause Raj they, hasn't no. picked in a little bit. Me and yeah. Danny are close. I got the slight lead. Hannah, we need to start getting her picks again. Yeah. Um, and our listeners finally on the board with a win oh. yesterday, choosing the athletics over the Tigers. That barn burner six to five finish, uh, in our pick yesterday. We're going to go back to soccer today. Argentina at risk of being eliminated. Minus 1.5 today. They have to win by two goals for you to win this bet against Nigeria. Nigeria, my team. So I'm taking Nigeria plus the one and a half goals.
2: I always like to go the opposite of somebody I'm playing against, but I'm actually going to side with you on this one, Debo, because I watched that last game Messi played and there's, I've actually followed this pretty, there's a lot of rumors about like, there's a lot of, uh, uh, controversy and players not getting along and the coach, the players don't like the coach. So I'm going to take Nigeria too. You watch that last game Messi. I've never seen worse body language in the big stage the way he had in the last game. So I'm going to go with you. I think Nigeria. I'm going to take them all day.
0: It seems like Argentina is run like the Sacramento Kings, except they actually have one of the best players in the world. That's the only the only difference there. Another soccer bet we're going to go over under. I know this is one that your daughter started to like to bet. Over under two and a half goals in Peru versus Australia. We're digging deep here. Yeah, we
2: are. I'm going to take the under just because my complaint about soccer is there aren't enough goals, and we saw a 1-1 tie yesterday. I'm going to take the
0: under on this one. Over under 12 and a half flops.
2: (laughs) Over in the first half? 20
0: flops. (laughs) I'd still take the over. They happen all the time. I'm going to take the over on the goals there. So we're going to move, like you said, Danny. Um, We're not going to have a show until free agency officially starts. I want you to give me your official LeBron James next team prediction. No bias here, but he will be a Philadelphia 76er come July 9th.
2: I, I wish, I wish I could take the field like outside of the Cavs because I want him to move. Like I think that's the better move for the NBA is that he's on another team, even though I think he'll get crushed a little bit from his haters that say it'll affect his legacy. I'll take the Lakers because I want it to happen. I'd love to see him on the Lakers, although I would not complain if he went to the Sixers and stayed in the Eastern Conference because that's the easiest route and playing with those, that crew. But I just want to see him move on from Cleveland. It's nothing I have against Cleveland. I just want to see something different in the NBA and not see uh, you know Cleveland versus Golden State again where LeBron doesn't have a chance, even if he brings in Paul George or somebody else. I just want to see something different. So I'm all about uh, changing it up there. Uh, so all right, the last
0: have, two times he yep. made a different decision, 2010 and 2014, he made those decisions on July 8th and July 11th. Yep. When is the official date this year? I have it set before or after July 7th. He doesn't want to hear those elaborate pitches. It's a little bit quicker this time around. Yeah, I, uh, no,
2: cause he likes to milk it. He likes to milk it. I think he's gonna wait until everything settles. The dust settles. Where does everybody else go? Man, I'll take, I'll take after July 7th. And again though, you talk about what I hope for. I hope from our show standpoint that we can talk about it and figure out before then. But I'm going to take after July 7th. Let's get to some soccer. And, uh, whenever I talk about soccer, I feel completely inept. And that's why we need to bring on experts like Roger Gonzalez. He's our CBS sports soccer writer. You can follow him on Twitter at R Gonzalez CBS because he knows what he's talking about. He's a great Twitter follow. So make sure you do that. Roger, uh, let's get right to it because the World Cup, I think there was a lot of, uh, concern from the United States fans that because the U.S. team wasn't in it, There wouldn't be a lot of interest in it. Maybe it would kind of be overlooked in our country. But what do you think about the reaction to this year's World Cup? Because I, as a novice soccer fan, I have actually think it's provided some great moments, some good drama, and some pretty good storylines. But what's your take, Ben?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Certainly there are a bunch of U.S. fans who who obviously aren't as excited for the tournament because of the U.S. not participating. But it's been a a unique competition that I think uh, will continue to, to get more people excited and to tune in. Because what we've seen has been been very different obviously for the first world cup was video assistant referee uh so that's been different it's certainly changed the outcomes of a lot of games and we've also seen lots of goals you know a lot of people complain about oh soccer there's not enough goals we haven't had a zero zero game uh which has been great you know the last world cup in the group stage there were five so uh, there's been a lot of exciting moments a lot of late goals uh no matches lacking goals and it's been uh it's been a lot of fun and You know, I think the knockout stages, uh, which begin this weekend, are going to provide some uh, even crazier moments.
2: So your top ten you have listed on CBS Sports. You can find that uh, online. Uh, Your top five, I'll give them to you, Belgium, England, Brazil, Spain, and France. Is there one of those that kind of stands out to me? Obviously, Belgium is your number one team. Uh, Who else has really impressed you so far in the World Cup in these early stages?
1: Yeah, really not many teams have... Have impressed me at all, and you know the top five. Those are teams that, you know, first of all, the the big guys like Brazil and Germany, they haven't been overly impressive. England and England and Belgium have looked good, but they've played against you know Panama and Tunisia, so it's really hard to tell who who is for real and and who isn't. I think it's going to be a tournament that's pretty wide open. There's going to be teams I think that you know will have a chance to go really far in this cup that maybe people didn't think before. Be it Mexico or Croatia, uh, not necessarily contenders to win it, but it's certainly wide open. And you know, though Brazil flipped in my power rankings, I still think they're the the best suited team to win, just because you know, in their first two matches, they have three goals. They should have had you know six or more. I mean, they're creating so many chances to score, and they just haven't been able to put the ball away. So I think if they can start clicking, uh, they'll be they'll be the the favorite to win it. But it's really anyone's tournament right now, and I think that's exciting for. a lot of countries especially the ones that have never won a world cup
2: so one of the disappointments of the world cup has been argentina's performance and specifically Messi. and i actually watched the last game because i like to watch the superstars i want to see greatness take place and when i watched their last game i saw a superstar who had some of the worst body language facial expressions and even performance like he didn't play that great uh what is going on with argentina and specifically what is going wrong with messi
1: yeah, it, it, it's hard for Messi. I, I almost compare it to, you know, if you look at kind of like the Cavs with LeBron James and the talent that he's, he has around him, imagine cutting that talent in half. And that's how it feels with Argentina. I think their coaches uh, have done a really poor job of, of putting this team together, of selecting guys around him that can really help this team do something. And you're right about the body language. It was uncharacteristic uh, of him. Some people said he looks broken uh, and and I think it's one of those things where, you know, after losing three straight finals and doing everything he can to, to try to help his team, you know, he realizes it, it can't just be him. You know, they just can't give him the ball at midfield and hope he can, you know, run through an entire defense. And so with what we've seen with Argentina, I think mean, it's not really that surprising to me. I think it's been coming. You know, they've had three coaches in a year. They've had so many different players called up. That they've never repeated the same starting lineup from one game to the next. Uh, so it's just been a, a hot mess for them. And, and for Messi, it's to the point where, you know, for me, I think, you know, if they don't go through or if they go through and don't do much, uh, if he ends up retiring from the national team, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So
2: Germany got off to a rough start. Then they were trailing one nothing the other day in, uh, against Sweden at halftime. And I was watching that game too. And Tony Cruz had one of the, the, one of the best moments of the World Cup so far with the penalty kick that he knocked in. Is that enough to kind of save Germany and hopefully get back and potentially defend their title, or do you still have concerns about them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the first game against Mexico and the one against Sweden, similar to Brazil, that you know they created chances. They were have been kind of shaky at the back, but that goal is is so big for them. I mean, for them, if they were to have one point from that match, uh, they would pretty much be out of the competition. So they have a chance. You know, they're going to take on a South Korea team. Uh, which would, you know, the out of the 14 in the group, uh, the, the least talented. I think Germany will be able to get a win there, uh, and, and potentially move on. There's certainly a lot of crazy scenarios that can play out in that group, uh, where you have three teams with six points. Uh, but I think Germany is a team that, you know, it's a different lineup for them. They have, uh, some of the veterans from 2014 aren't on the team, some are retired, and they're, they have some young guys who, uh, really kind of getting their first taste of a, a world cup so i think you know it's one of those teams that you know with a bit more time together in this competition especially beat south korea you know it, it's looked at as you've got the the group stage and the round of 16 the knockout stage it's kind of like a completely different tournament so once they get there uh if they do uh, i think they'll be fine and you know there's certainly a team that can can put it together and, and get to the final and win it
2: so Mexico was making some noise early. I mean, when they when they won their first game, you had, you know, the, the Richter scale measured an earthquake because people were going nuts in Mexico City. Landon Donovan said, hey, if you don't cheer for the U.S., why not cheer for Mexico? That was controversial in itself. But are you buying them as like a legit team that could possibly make it out of the round of 16?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, Mexico's kind of target how has always been to kind of make it back to the quarterfinals and, and go from there. And I think this is a team that, even though they won their first two matches, there's still the rare chance uh, that they could lose their last game and be eliminated. So there's still a little bit of pressure on them to get a result against Sweden, and, and a draw will get them through. And I think Mexico's coach did such a good job at preparing uh, for other teams. Uh, even though he gets a, a bad rap from a lot of fans in Mexico, I think he's, he's done well for this national team. And, you know, opening the cup with a win over Germany uh, proves that and it gave the team so much confidence. So it will depend on the matchups. Uh, In the following round, you know, it looks like if they win that group, they could potentially avoid Brazil, um, which would obviously be huge for them. So if they're taking on the team perhaps like Switzerland or or Serbia, I think that's a team they'll be favored over, and that would get them. If they win that, that would get them into the uh, quarterfinals, and from there, you know, you never know what could happen.
2: All right, let's finish it off with some superlatives here. We'll go through some rapid-fire questions. I'm going to throw some stuff at you. You give me your reaction, all right? Uh okay. so which country has the best fan base represented in Russia that you've seen so far?
1: Oh, that's that's difficult because we've seen I mean, for me just because of the amount of people when it comes to the relation of the people in the country, uh, Iceland, that's just been unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the majority of the countries there and they're so loud and they've been so impressive.
2: All right, what about the best fan base and celebration videos that you've seen because we've seen some crazy ones there.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, there have been. I, there's like Columbia one that I've really enjoyed where the fans are just crying, uh, you know, with joy. And I thought that was very awesome. And, and Peru fans have been great too, even though their team hasn't, hasn't won. Uh, but they are just celebrating the moment of being in the World Cup. And, and those are special moments too.
2: I'm going with England when they absolutely lost it. Every single beer in the entire pub went up in the air. Oh, uh, that was pretty nuts. Uh, how about the worst team in the World Cup this year?
1: Oh, man. That's a tricky one. Uh, uh, tough. So many teams that have been poor i mean i guess panama but yeah. you know they they were fired up though played it. <laughs> yeah. yeah they celebrated the as a goal like they won the world cup so that's that's a great moment for them but yeah they it just shows what the u.s missed out on panama's been, been terrible
2: all right last one this one's the most important question of the day which team is most likely to win me some money if i bet on them as an underdog where can i find some value
1: oh i think Croatia. I think when you talk about moving on to the next round, Croatia is a team that has a midfield that's built to win and, and their team that could uh, could repeat a performance of 1998 when they made the semifinals.
2: Boom. There you go. I might jump on them to win the whole thing. 14-1 to 1 odds Croatia is to win it all. Hey, Roger, thanks so much for hopping on. I appreciate it. I'm glad we got you on now. Because if we would have waited till after college football season, I don't think you would have went in because FSU is going to whoop Virginia Tech that week one. So you're a Virginia okay. Tech grad. I'm glad. We so I had to give you. A little, I had to talk a little trash. Yeah, for sure on that. But thanks again. Make sure you Thank catch. You. Uh, make sure you catch Roger on CBS Sports HQ. He's breaking down the World Cup. You can also. Get the best highlights and biggest sports stories right in your inbox every morning with the CBS Sports HQ newsletter. It's packed with all the good stuff you need to see before you start your day. Just go to cbsports.com HQ daily to subscribe.
0: Socially relevant.
2: All right. We got a socially relevant, um, segment right here that was pretty funny. It was hilarious because Bill Russell was at the NBA awards. He's representing the, uh, the old timers, 84 years old and, uh, couldn't resist getting the best of Charles Barkley. When Charles Barkley was on stage, you know, threw him the, the, uh, the salute there and actually came out and apologized for it. It was pretty good. But, again, don't apologize. Just roll with it. That's what you do. You're Bill Russell, one of the greats. Just say, you know what? Go ahead. He said, sorry, everyone. I forgot it was live TV, and I can't help myself whenever I see Charles. It's just pure instinct. So good for Bill Russell. Don't apologize, though. Just go with it. Like we do every single day, let's check in with Debo and get some topics to make sure we didn't miss anything.
0: Topics. So, Danny, Joellen Bede revealed as the cover athlete for NBA Live 2019, the one. And I just want to take this as an opportunity. When we're talking about video games, to tell you, played NCAA football 05 the other day, went to the classic rosters, thought Thank this you. might be fun. I'm going to play with 1995 Florida State, see what Danny's got. No lie, this script couldn't write itself better, like the LAPG script, I threw an interception on the very first pass. Oh uh, it was fun while it lasted.
2: Were you playing Virginia? Because that was the only team that beat us uh, that year. I uh, was playing, actually, UCF. Oh, gosh. With Dante Culpepper might have been on that squad back in the that day. That might have been a little early. I, I'm having a hard time with Joel Embiid. Like, I can't decide if I love him or hate him. Because okay. some of the stuff I think he does is hilarious. Other stuff annoys the crap out of me. Uh, But good for him, man. All this stuff that he does socially has built his brand incredibly well to where now he's on the cover. So good for him.
0: So NBA Live making a little bit of a comeback. We'll see how that does. NBA 2K19 has LeBron on the cover um, with no team, as we remember. Next one, Neymar. A bar in Rio will give away drinks every time he falls during Brazil's Wednesday match against Serbia. Danny, we know you've gone from the war on the SEC to the war on flopping, the war on soccer. It seems a little counterintuitive and dangerous for a Rio, a Brazilian bar, to be giving away free drinks when Uh. Neymar falls. I'd
2: love to see the uh, ingredients for the drinks that they make. Like are they made with tears of Neymar? Like you have to do something clever with the, the ingredients. Hey, anything to get the people in and those people are going to be hammered because if they do it seriously every time he falls, they will get to drink a lot.
3: I was just going to ask that what kind of drink is this? I
2: don't <laughs> need to
3: tell you.
2: I know. They need to come out with the ingredients too cuz it has to have tears of Neymar is the key ingredient.
3: You're right, you're right.
2: Add a little flavor.
0: So move over Tio Jerry Rice, not your typical 55-year-old, for one thing. He got naked for the ESPN body issue. But it's a whole other thing to say that you could still play in the NFL, and that's what Jerry did, said, I still feel like today if I wanted to come back to football and play football, I could do it at the age of 55, adding that he thinks he would catch 80 balls if he returned in 2018.
2: Come on. Now, every ex-athlete thinks they can play still, including myself at times. He can't still play. He could get a catch. He could go out there and maybe get two catches in a game. But 80 balls is insane. But I do have to hit on something. Because is this the body issue? Is this like the senior citizen issue or the AARP issue? Because they no, have they Jerry have
0: Rice. Carl Anthony they Towns, Saquon it? Barkley.
2: No, but they also have – so they have Jerry who's older. They have uh Greg Norman who's 63. But my point being, these dudes are making me look really bad. And they're making me like feel bad about myself. Because I thought I compare, I stack up pretty well versus most other dads, like the dad bod. But these dudes are fat, shredded. As yeah, skinny fat. These dudes are shredded. Like Greg Norman out there, just in the buff. Like I can't even let my wife see that, or she'll like say, "See, why don't you look like these dudes?" Like it's not. I'm not happy with the the body issue right now.
0: Well, this is a guy I don't think you should have trouble comparing yourself to 52 year old John Daly. Me and John Daly have something in common. We both prefer and want to use golf carts. John Daly, though, isn't going to compete in the U.S. Senior Open because the USGA will not allow him to use a golf cart. And now Daly a little bit out of shape. We know his history. We know his vices. Um, but he also has a deteriorating knee. So it seems like a viable reason. And it is the Senior Open. But they said no. Can't have the cart. Why so they Daly pulled out.
2: I golf because it's golf and that's why they say no is because they're old, crotchety old men who make these rules. Although this is one I actually will defend uh the senior PGA like they have to protect the field. You don't want everybody out there in carts because they could all probably get medical exemptions. Somehow they could get some doctor somewhere to write him a note saying they need They a-
0: have allowed some people to
2: use carts. They have. Oh, see, I didn't know that. That's what I'm saying. But,
3: There's no way I'm playing golf if I don't have a golf cart. It's out of nowhere. Yeah,
2: I am with you on that one, especially in Florida where it's yeah. 99 degrees out right now. Uh But, like, I played remember, – remember I went to Orlando, played in the Celebrity Golf Tournament? I'm pretty sure that Daly walked in that tournament. Like, they made everybody walk, and I'm pretty sure he was walking around with the crowds. So, maybe it's a newer condition, but I don't know. But it is John Daly. Like, he would be – the like, moving the needle, he would move it for everybody. So, I don't know. It's a tough one.
0: Last topic today, and staying on the theme of ancient athletes, uh, Egypt's Assam El-Hadari became the oldest player to ever play in the World Cup at 45 years and 161 days. Didn't get the win, but pretty impressive for an Egypt squad that didn't have much to cheer for in this World Cup and a lot of drama around their star Mo Salah. But El-Hadari, at 45 years old, stops a penalty kick in net. Off Ronaldo, right? No. no, that wasn't Ronaldo that he stopped, was it? That
2: was a Suffer different one. game. I, Ronaldo did get shut down you, on a penalty
0: watching You were watching. You, you, I was you watching, see, kick. and
2: I saw Mo Salah had that nice little uh running kick where it went over the goalie. See, I'm walking, watching it. But I love this because anytime I see an athlete older than me that's still competing, I'm like, yep, I could still do it. So, like, it gives me hope. But I also think it has because of soccer. Because uh, I think I should have been a goalkeeper. Because I think goalkeepers – uh have don't demonstrate the best hand eye coordination again i'm just going to get in trouble if i keep talking One about out of soccer because i always uh i always kind of rip on them but good for him good for him inspiration to entire uh country there's a 45 year old playing uh playing goal uh for egypt so good for that i'm going to tune in today because i got nigeria over argentina we'll see how messi responds and uh good luck for them i might even put some money on it we'll see Make sure, as always, you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canel and Bell. We'll be back Monday, July 2nd with a brand new episode of Off the Bench.